and she said that one day they were leaving and um, there was this guy with his dad there who was like quite elderly and they'd come to like wait at the player's exit to try and get hold of Paul Gascoigne and get him to sign an autograph. And apparently Gazza's coming down. He's being like kind of bundled out of the stadium because he's in a hurry. And then this guy comes up and he's like, my dad is like old, like the 80 year old bald man. He's like, oh, he's a big fan of yours. He wants an autograph. And, and you can see like Gazza kind of like looks at this man and then looks around at all these people who are like hurrying him out of the building. And he sort of panics because he sort of doesn't want to just ignore the guy, but he knows he doesn't have time to sign an autograph. And apparently just grabbed him and just kissed him on the top of his bald head <laughs> and then left. <laughs> That's become a whole thing in the last few weeks with the, the sort of social media shaming of footballers who mm. are perceived to be ignoring the, these kids will be like looking for mm. they'll be having their like beat, beats headphones on in the zone and we'll just walk straight past them and everyone kind of lost their shit about um, about this but it was kind of fake news I think there's this little girl who was a mascot for Arsenal and right, her dad okay. sort of tweeted like oh no all the players like were really nice and had photos and please mm. leave like my kid is now incredibly stressed by the fact that 50 million people have said that, that you know yeah. it's like he just got this huge wind out of nothing and these guys were obviously like about to play a match over a bit and then afterwards yeah. were <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, people yeah. love them I think that kind of feeds into something deeper which is the idea that footballers now are really like inaccessible and you know not mm. like us and, and rude and earn too much money which is a lot of that is true but I this is kind of what I love though about British football which is in a way like no matter how no matter how much money they have or no matter how like kind of stratospherically you know wealthy whatever they are there's always an element of just like they whenever there's a scandal it's always like they were in a premier inn and then you're yeah. like how are you how are you like a multi-millionaire and you're getting into a fight in the bar of a premier inn well, like, like it's a, something about Britain it drags everyone down to this level or a classic one is like doing balloons you know like nitrous oxide like and uh, getting yeah, yeah, and being yeah. on the front page of the sun. Well, I was thinking about too. I mean, you're going to continue with, with mm. Gaza, but I also feel like there's a degree to which I would understand why they would want to be less accessible because it feels like being in the public eye in this country invariably brings along with it really hostile public attention and especially press attention. Just f not not all press, but like how the tabloid media operates in this country. Like stories about footballers behaving badly seem to generate mm. a lot of income for uh, for for tabloids, and it, so it seems like finding a way to yeah m put them in the crosshair seems to be, just be very i just perceive this even as someone who hasn't watched the sport yeah i mean at the peak of that is like the kind of germany in 2006 like baden baden do you know about baden baden it was like no it's like this kind of luxury spa town yeah, where i, I know uh, the town but i didn't know what happened like england played in germany it's basically this era of english football where you had loads of megastars like kind of arguably better than the team that's got to a couple of finals recently you had David Beckham, obviously, Steven Gerrard, Frank Lampard, Paul Scholes, Michael Owen, Wayne Rooney. Um, you know, if you're going to, if you're to name John the Terry, sort of, true legend. Sorry? John Terry. John the Terry. Big man. Rio Ferdinand. Like, if you were to name the, like, 20 best players in the yeah. world at that point, like, seven or eight of them would have been English. Um, but the team never did that well. And the kind of, it never really gelled as a team. And it was viewed as being lots of, like, kind of flash players who, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but... They played the World Cup in Germany, stayed in this kind of luxury spa town and all the wags, you know what a wag is, right? Wife and girlfriend? Yeah. Okay. The wags. So the, the wags were like a pack of these like very glam women who were the, the, the wives and girlfriends who were just like partying out till like five in the morning. All the paparazzi were like taking pictures of them, like falling out of, um, while these mm. their husbands or boyfriends were like training for the pinnacle of their lives. Sure, and it was, yeah. Then the team did really badly and everyone was like, oh, like it was the wags fault, you know. Um. But yeah, like the wags is just like such a big 
cultural yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely feels as though. I mean, the, the Rebecca Vardy, yeah. Colleen Rooney. Yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. Big time. That, just yeah. See, seeing like. I mean, that's kind of the end of the WAG era, I guess. Like, yeah. Because with it, like the the decline of power of the tabloid press, like in uh, Instagram and stuff, there I guess their things are much more controlled. Like mm. it did seem though that the degree to which they made hay out of the the case, the court case, like it was it it, it had a, like an outsized amount of attention that it received, and that did make me. I mean, I'd seen headlines here and there, and and various scandals and things like that, and I was like, oh yeah, this this was part and parcel. It was like their per- private lives, their partners, whatever, getting scrutinized, or like if they have you know bad night in the pub get in a fight get drunk whatever like it's gonna be headline news and mm. so it felt like someone like uh paul gascoigne like just I, I mean may have been a bit nuts before but also like that didn't help yeah yeah i mean he was it, like you can see like as you as you go through sort of gaza as the thing i mean i think he's he's doing a little bit better these days but i think there's just a kind of like you see someone who's quite clearly like vulnerable, who's ultimately like d- destroyed by the, the you know the process that they go through as a famous person. Um, but when it comes to by way of wrapping up on Gaza, we do we have to talk about the Raoul Moat incident because I think this this was a lot of people's like or at least younger people like this is what they remember about Gaza. I think okay. Um, so this happened in 2010. I'm trying to remember all the details: a bucket of fried chicken, yeah, fishing rod, yeah. Yeah, you, um, you remind me. Yeah, so basically in 2010, there's this guy called Raoul Moat, who was a nightclub bouncer in Newcastle, who Paul Gascoigne vaguely knew because he was always out at the clubs drinking, whatever. And uh, he kind of just went nuts. Uh, I think murdered his girlfriend and shot a policeman. But the policeman didn't die, but was severely injured. He was like on the um, run for a few days. It was sort of manhunt. Yeah, which I've is, heard yeah, you guys reference Raoul Moat before on the show, and it's like an instant callback to British people of a certain age. And I had no idea what you were talking. Well, about. I suppose it's like yeah. I can't think of any other like manhunt, like as in you know, for several days it was like the police looking for this guy who shot someone, which probably happens like every week in Texas. Yeah, I mean, I remember. Yeah, yeah there, <laughs> there were manhunts. Just like invariably, there be there was a. Our school got, my, and when I was in the equivalent of year eight, got locked down because someone had walked into a bank in my hometown and murdered two people. And then was like, there was a local manhunt. Everything was shut down. So like, mm. I'm not saying it's like, oh, it's just old. Like, it's fine. Like, it's fucked up. But like, yeah, that, I realized that kind of a thing doesn't for local really man, happen yeah. in Britain that often. Yeah. I mean, guns as well. I mean, people, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, basically he, he was on the run for, uh, for a few days. Uh, it, it ended in this standoff in the woods in a town outside Newcastle. Uh, and then in the end, he, he shot himself and that was, that was the end of it. But um, so I've got, I've got two reports here. First one from The Guardian, which just explains what happened. And then I've got one from The Daily Mail, which is Gaza in his own words, blow by blow, what happened that night. So uh, The Guardian says... Gascoigne also turned up at the crime scene wearing a dressing gown and carrying a fishing rod and attempted to gain access to Moat by claiming to be a good friend of the fugitive. I guarantee Moti he won't shoot at me. I'm good friends with him, he told police, but was denied access. Talking to Real Radio Northwest that day, Gascoigne explained that he'd gone down with a can of lager, some chicken, a mobile phone and something to keep warm. News of Gascoigne's attempt only reached his agent, Kenny Shepard, after the event, who told press at the time, he's doing what? I'm sitting having an evening meal in Mallorca. I'm speechless. This this guy I want to know more about. This is a powerful energy. Like the guy, huge phone in Mallorca. <laughs> he's doing fucking what? <laughs> I told him, stay in the ass. I'm just imagining like, yeah, uh, Paul, Paul Gascoigne trying to freelance hostage negotiator. That's... Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a vibe. Yeah, I mean, he might have succeeded. You know, I mean, given the the outcome as it ended up was sub ideal, so maybe they should have let Gaza have a go. 
But yeah, the real meat of this is um, is Gankaza, <laughs> his own description. This is him. I think he was doing a uh, uh, he did a stage tour in 2015. Was like kind of an audience with Gaza. He looked real bad. I think this was peak like severe alcoholism. Gaza. He looks a bit better now, but he was like kind of like rail thin. But he's he's like. You've got to realise I'm half cut anyway. I'm sitting in the living room. I've got about six lines of cocaine lined up. I'm not realising much, but a good line and me and Raul Mo are sort of friends. A couple more lines and we're good buddies. A few whiskies, another few lines. I've had about eight lines and we went to school together. He was in Rothbury. That's where I used to go fishing. So I know the area quite well. I'm on my 11th line. So if he's in the woods, he's going to be cold. I'll get my barber out. Another line and I have a couple of fishing rods and a chicken. He's going to need a drink. I've had 14 lines now and he's my brother. I've got my fishing rods, I've got barber jacket, I've got my four cans, I've got my chicken. My chicken is important because he must be starving. Gascoigne, who took a taxi to the scene, added, I've got a chicken on my back, powder all over my face. He says, Gaza, where are you going? I said, fishing, where do you think? He said, okay, then where? I said, just drive. I'm excited now, right? We're going fishing. Oh, I've forgotten the tent, but never mind. We drove past Newcastle, the airport and everything, and see signs for Rothbury. And he goes, oh, fuck me, Gaza. Are you going where I think you're going? (laughs) This copper comes over and he says, where are you going, Gaza? I said, I can help him. I've been to therapy. (laughs) Sorry. He said, just go home. I was devastated because my chicken was getting cold. So anyway, I made it back home and fell asleep with a bottle of whiskey. This is like Bez the footballer, basically. Football version of the guy from the Happy Mondays. But that's also obviously like indicative of insane problems wow yeah it's a sad thing but also just the idea of like local celeb gaza and the policeman just immediately being like what are you doing gaza yeah. we've told you about this 